0: Pastor Josh is the lead pastor here at Cape Bible Chapel. He and his wife, Michelle, have been married for almost 25 years. They have five children. Both of them are involved in the counseling ministry here at Cape Bible Chapel. So if you guys could give them a little welcome. Well, I told her something about feeling out of place. Uh, But it is really great to be with you all. And uh, we're excited to be able to, to come and talk about marriage. Uh, when we think about the years that we've been married, uh, almost 25 years, but I can remember uh, seeing her when I was 15 uh, for the first time. Now, she didn't know who I was at that moment, uh, but over the course of time, just to see how God sovereignly orchestrated our lives. And so we're we always uh, thankful to talk uh, about marriage and the significance of it, and because uh, we have just uh, enjoyed uh, being married uh, for the last number of years, but as we think about marriage, I kind of want to kick us off, and then i 'll toss it to her in uh, a, a few things as well. but oftentimes, when people think about mar- marriage, especially within the church, they immediately jump to ephesians five twenty two and they start talking about the roles, responsibilities, and all this kind of stuff that is in marriage. And that's really healthy. It's really important. has a, uh, a lot of good guidelines. Uh, but I really think the precursor to that and a better and a good understanding that really informs Ephesians 5.22 is Ephesians 5.1. And it, Paul says this. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And I think the whole goal of the mystery of marriage is really bound up in, it, in this reality that our marriages are called to be a fragrant aroma before the Lord. It's, a, it's an essence of worship before God. And Paul gives this Old Testament sacrificial language to talk about marriage being an offering of worship. And there's just a lot of sour marriages uh, that we've come in contact with that, you know, they, they don't smell like a fragrant aroma. Uh, they kind of stink. Uh, and the reality is, is you can be in contact with that and you can walk away. And it's almost like, what is wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it is they have forgotten to, that their whole purpose of their marriage is about being imitators of God and walking in love. Because that is the whole goal of of Genesis 3. When he brings two people who leave their father and mother and cleave to each other and they become one, this oneness reality that has been created in marriage is something that is so profound. And when I talk about oneness, what I mean is this covenanted connectedness that is now created where two people who were formerly individuals now become one essence and begin to, to live together in a God-honoring way. And when they do that, Ephesians 5 says, it looks like, and it's, just, it's supposed to, in God's eyes, and even smell like a fragrant aroma. Now, our marriage, well, I knew her when I was 15. Uh, we ended up getting married fairly young. I was 20, she was 21. Um, Uh, You know, I would say it started out, you know, it's like, wow, this is great. And then it really went sour really, really fast. Um, And so I'm going to kick it over to her. She's going to talk a little bit about kind of what happened uh, in the course of, of our marriage.
1: Okay, so I know marriage is a broad subject and to try to narrow it down was quite difficult. But what we're going to focus on today is two aspects of marriage. The aspect of forgiveness, and the aspect of how to help one another grow in sanctification. And this aspect of both of those topics, you could spend three hours on each. And usually when Josh and I are doing premarital counseling, I mean, we're two hours unpacking this idea of forgiveness. And I'm gonna try to do the best I can in about 10 minutes (laughs) to try to unpack this. But this aspect of forgiveness in our marriage was really difficult because we understood our aspect of forgiveness before our Heavenly Father. But between one another, for some reason, we missed it. And here is where and how we missed it. Because the Bible warns me in Ephesians, in this same book, and also in Colossians, that we are not supposed to be going to the world and looking for answers and solutions. We're supposed to be going to God's word. And that was my problem and that was his problem, is that we were looking to the world to figure out how are we gonna live together when conflict and when sin comes about. And this is what it looked like. We looked like saying sorry. And I think if we can help define that term, that will help us understand there's a difference between sorry and forgiveness. And as we looked about in our marriage and we looked about in God's word, how are we gonna go about defining those terms and helping us understand what it looks like for sorry and what it does it look like for forgiveness? And also the impact with not just with us, but how we communicated that and teaching that and guiding our kids in understanding those principles. So the aspect of sorry, I want you to think of more of an accidental situation. I have a cup of coffee in my hand, Josh bumps into me accidentally, it spills on me. There's no sin in that, a sorry is when that comes about. Same thing with your kids, they spill a cup of milk, accidental, sorry. And I think helping us understand the difference between sorry and then we come to forgiveness. Forgiveness, it deals with sinful situations. I can look in God's word and say, I sinned in this way because this is what God has said about sin. So an aspect of if Josh and I are arguing, I mean, we never argued, did we? Uh, no, no. <laughs> we never got angry with each other, did we?
0: <laughs> are you were right angry with me. I'm, I'm
1: right with you. <laughs> but this aspect of my sinful anger coming out through my words, through my tone, through situations, through facial expressions, through body language. That is when a sorry doesn't come into play. This is when forgiveness comes into play because I can go to a Bible text and I can say, this is how I sinned against you, Josh and I named that specific sin. So if we were going to practically play this out and how it looked in our life, and remember, it didn't start off this way. It started off with a lot of sorry. Sorry that, basically what it came down to is, sorry I got caught. Sorry that was an inconvenience for you. Do you see how that never addresses my heart and never addresses the sin? And it also never requires a response from him and how to evaluate his heart when I come to him and I say, do you forgive me for this sin? I was desiring this. And then it requires him to respond and evaluate his heart. Can I actually forgive her for what she, the sin she committed against me? And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes in our, in our marriages, and this is sad to say, but he would ask me for forgiveness, but I was so bitter and I didn't want to humble myself that I'm like, oh, I don't want to forgive you right now. Like, please don't even ask me. That's wrong on my part. That has nothing to do with him. That is me intentionally not wanting to forgive him because in those moments, I'm not choosing to remember how much Christ has forgiven me. And I'm not willing to submit myself to what God's word has to say. So in those aspects, that's why our marriage was so difficult. Because we, when you go about with the sorry, 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 and not the forgiveness aspect. Because remember, along with forgiveness, it also means that when I choose to say, yes, I forgive you. I'm not going to use that against you. I'm not going to bring it up in a sinful way. And I'm going to look at you as though you haven't sinned in that situation. Just like God looks at us that way. I'm choosing to be Christ-like in those situations. And that's the difference with sorry, is it never requires me to evaluate my heart. And in situations that come about in marriage, and they will, teaching these principles between one another also affects the way that you also teach them to your children. And between us, because we practice that sorry, what happened is a lot of bitterness was being built up and you let that bitterness consume year after year. How do you think your marriage is going to look? Is it going to look like that fragrant aroma that is pleasing to God? No, it's going to stink. It's going to be displeasing to him. And the main thing is, is as much as people don't think it affects your children, it does affect your children. And the way they start to look at what does marriage really look like? Because the examples I'm seeing is my mom and my dad.
0: Well, I, I would say one of the things too, and I think, I think you would probably agree, is uh, you know, when we look back and we think about our marriage during that particular state, you know, uh, I was in ministry at the time, and I was thinking, this is not what I signed up for in marriage. Like, what did I get myself into? Like I married the wrong person Uh, and all kinds of thoughts were beginning to enter our mind because we were we were unwilling to practice a level of forgiveness and harbor bitterness. I mean, I would think when we look back and we think about how God redeemed our marriage uh, from a really, really hard place, um, we'll look back and we'll be like, we just can't figure out who was worse because we were both just that stubborn. Uh, it wasn't just like uh, one or the other being like, well, I'm just not gonna retaliate. It was literally like, here's, here's your gloves, sweetie. Step into the ring, baby. Let's do this. We were willing to argue. You know, some people aren't willing to argue. Oh, we had no problem with that. But it was fueled from this reality that our heart had become so bitter towards one another. Um, I mean, just to give you a picture of how hard it was for us, uh, early, early on in our marriage, as, I, as we were both coming out of college, we ended up working at the same, uh, the same uh, merchandise store. We worked in the basement doing unpacking, but we worked together. We drove we drove up to work together. We drove home together. Uh, I mean, it was nothing for us to just not talk to, talk to each other for like a week. We would drive home. We would drive up in silence, work in silence, come home in silence. And I, and I just remember just thinking, I, I, want, I don't want this. This is terrible. And, um, and it was hard for us. And it was only until the Lord brought us into contact with a person who unfolded the truths of, of, of forgiveness for us that began to start shed some light on my own heart. And frankly, what I realized, it wasn't her. Um, I mean, she had issues. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, but but I, think I, had, I think I had more of them. Um, and uh, I would say that, that was a huge turning point for us, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember coming back, learning various components of principle uh, on forgiveness. I mean, what was our afternoons like when I would come home? Uh, God God does these funny things because he has such a sense of humor. He's like, you're so stupid, Josh. I'm going to send you to go start a master's in biblical counseling. That'll help you. (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, this is great. Uh, I want to do something. Uh, what, What was it when we started to come home? after that?
1: Well, there was just a lot of discussion time between us. Like, um, I would say as he was getting, like it was both, like we were getting counseled. Counseled from people, counsel from the Lord. And it just helped us as we grew in our sanctification to start putting on, I would say, the, the mindset of biblical glasses and to start to filter what the world is saying to us through God's word. And like I said, we realize a lot of how much we look to the world for our solutions instead of God's word. And growing in that, like I said, it wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't one year. It was years and still practicing this filter aspect of just like, here's what the world says, but what does God's word say? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I remember coming home on those occasions and uh, like walking in the door. You know, it used to be an it used to be an exciting thing like coming home. But after components of like being convicted for two, three hours straight, the hour drive home was like, I'm going to have to repent like this stinks. Like I'm wrong. But what was starting to happen in my heart was I was starting to view my own sin bigger than the sin that I saw in her life. And I saw myself, and she started to begin to see herself as the bigger sinner in the room. And all of a sudden, we realized that we really needed forgiveness from the Lord first. And then we would be able to lay, that would lay a foundation for the forgiveness to each other. And it really was transformative. It wasn't a a light switch kind of mentality. Uh, We still see remnants of times where we can want to hold on to things. And we have to remind each other. There's those silent moments now where we know what we're asking each other. And I always find, like, when I come to her or she comes to me and I say, you know, you know, here's what I did. Here's how I sinned. Here's what I was loving. Here's what I was thinking. You know, I don't have anywhere else to go. This is the thing God tells me to do. I can't go anywhere else. And I pose those words like, do you forgive me? And like, I'm just like standing there in silence, like, come on, come on, please. You know, or she's doing it vice versa. You know, sometimes it's, I realize what's at stake, what I'm asking her. Like she, I'm, I'm asking her, please be merciful to me. I know what I did. I know how I hurt you. I need mercy. And when we recognize how powerful Forgiveness is powerful because mercy is really, really sweet and and uh, when we found when we began to see that uh, it it started to change and it started to change so rapidly that I just began to start i mean it was just like the way that I loved her then was different it wasn 't about me anymore um, that 's where i was i think where we were both bad was this idea of really unfolding what was going on in our own heart. You know that verse in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where it says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Uh, I thought, well, out of her heart flowed her issues, and I was being affected. (laughs) Uh, That's how I was applying it. And I think that's partly how we were both applying it, and it got us in trouble. And so um, in the midst of that, I don't think, I mean, even early on, I mean, I was not good at drawing out your heart
1: no neither of us were because when you're looking at he's the problem or I'm the problem who are you concerned about like let me just tell you where you are sinning, and then vice versa with me and that was the situation like I said the the aspect of forgiveness helped us and even taking it I would say a step further when I am done asking him for forgiveness I also add into it is there anything else Did I forget anything? Did I miss anything? Because what does the Bible tell me about my heart? I already know what it tells me. It's deceitful, it's wicked. Do I not need other people in my life? And this is the beauty of how God has set up the church body. Not only do you have marriage and kids to help you in your sanctification process, but you also have the body of believers. And that is so beautiful and so gracious and so merciful of God because those people are who God really wants to use to help you grow in your sanctification process. But it comes with a humble heart too. Be willing to ask that question, is there anything else? And do you know how humbling that is to ask to your kids? Is there anything else that mommy missed? But in that, you're also trying to teach your kids what it looks like to be a sister in Christ or a brother in Christ to the body of believers. Because remember, I know they will always be your kids, but they're not always gonna be in your home. Are you training them on how to live in this covenanted community of the church and amongst the body? And as part of understanding that forgiveness then moves into how am I going about understanding what my heart is desiring? What questions need to be asked in order to help myself understand that, my kids understand that, and also other people understand that? And that's another area that Josh and myself had to grow in.
0: Yeah. And I would just, I would just really encourage you as you think about it, you know, your heart and what it wants and when it wants it and why it wants it is really the critical component that disrupts issues of forgiveness and communication in such a way that if you don't take time to to ask yourself, why is it that I want this issue solved? Is it because I just, I just like peace and I just don't want to fight? Uh, Or is there really something at stake like, I'm not glorifying God. That is, that is really a big problem. And it really becomes critical for you and, and in your marriage and your, and your lives because your kids are watching how you unfold that. You know, I know a lot of people in their marriages, they'll, they'll give these stories like, I never saw my parents argue. They, it was like everything was fine. It was perfect. Well, that wasn't us. <laughs> It's like it was at times when we had a, sh- a, a shortness, of uh, a sharper tone. It's like our kids saw that. Like, what, we, what were we going to do then? We had to go before the family and say, you know what, guys? You saw and you heard how dad approached mom about this subject. Now, she's forgiven me, and I've went to her, and, and God has forgiven me. And I need to ask your guys' forgiveness for being a bad example as your father, not modeling what God wants me to model to you. Because don't think, like your kids are being interacted with so many different uh, components in the culture. I remember once when my kids came home after they heard, uh, they had heard a scenario where uh, a, another friend's marriage, uh, whose, whose parents were getting a divorce and their marriage was falling apart. and And they said, would that ever happen to you? For you and mom? And we could go back and say, you remember what we've been practicing in forgiveness? You remember how we've been laying these foundation? No, we're not going to do that because we have committed and covenanted together that we are going to forgive even when it's hard. And that's what we do as a family. The more we practice that in our marriage, I can tell you the more it bound us together as a whole entire family that became a discipleship unit, where our kids were learning that. They were learning how to draw out the heart by us communicating and open. Um, And now when we do coffee time where it's, you know, we can't wait for that. Uh, We've got older children now who are in their teens uh, who I just had a conversation. It was with Annika. And she said, like, I'm getting tea and I want in on coffee time. (laughs) Like, you guys get too much time together. Like, let us in. Um And they want in to talk about what's going on spiritually, how they're processing life, and we're able to, to sit down with them, each one of them in different times and welcome them in to those kind of heart probing questions so that they're learning what real genuine relationships look like. Um, uh, we're, we're just delighted to be able to say, you know, partly that our marriage is really a, just a work of God's grace. It's because we're doing something special, we're doing is trying to follow the lord and we didn't always follow the principles of the of the scripture as clearly as i feel we do now um so she got a lot of things right and it helped me uh and uh and so it really helps us as we as we've moved on into the future in our marriage
1: um i know our time is running out and like i said there's so much more to say on this like i said we spend two hours on forgiveness like two hours on the heart um, and just drawing that out. But there are some resources over there that I think will help you on your path to understanding this more. So check out those. Um,
0: Take a picture. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could give them all. Uh, I wish, uh, but at least we want you to know some of the resources that we've used over the years to help uh, drive us back to the truth, bring those principles um, uh, to, to recall to our mind. Uh, These are, some, these are a couple of really important ones, especially. So I think
1: some of you are familiar with this, this aspect of Wise Words for Moms. It just does a good job with, um, once again, drawing out the heart. It has um, questions, this aspect of uh, like heart probing. These are questions to ask to draw out the kid's heart. Like the sin, what, what the child's um, sin situation is, the heart probing, the reproof to put off, what to put on, and additional verses. So this is... This is a new one, obviously. Mine is marked up to the hill. (laughs) I've used it so much. Um, It was for the kids, it was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just, here's another one, uh, checklist for parents. These are just, like I said, aspects that you can use that are there to help you understand. Because sometimes in the beginning it's like, I don't know what questions to ask my kid. I just want them to stop doing that sinful thing. But this helps, this is a guide that can help you in understanding what questions to ask, what verses to go to in these situations. A lot of good resources over there. Another one that um, I highly recommend everybody to read. I'll hold it up because I think you can all hear me, right? Okay, Um, Gospel Treason, um, Understanding the Idols of the Heart. This is a fantastic book. I have read this numbers of times. Pretty much every counseling situation um, that I'm in, I have them read this book. This is another perfect one,
0: Idols of the Mother's Heart, and then also... Grab the other one too on um, what did you expect? Um, This one on the far back side as well.
1: Idols of the Heart, are we getting the theme here? (laughs) She had issues, see I
0: told you. (laughs) I told you. Um, What did you expect when you're expecting... uh, There is with this book, What Did You Expect? I really encourage this from couples. Um, Paul Tripp does a great job at getting to the heart of situations. Um, if, if If you Google that, what you'll also find is he did a marriage seminar series that you can pay to download a video. And I always encourage couples as a husband and wife. Um, this is something you can watch together and spur conversation on about what God is doing in your life. It can be very devotional and it gives you an avenue to say, if you're saying in your marriage, well, what can we do? Well, you can do something like that and allow someone to speak into both of your hearts when you're having a hard time speaking to each other and then try to learn. But those are some really good ones that we would recommend. Uh, We're delighted to be with you. Thanks for letting us come uh, and talk to you about marriage this morning.